Think about that. How should I live for God? Now that I understand all that Christ has done for me, how should I live for him? Now that I have been born again by the Spirit of God, how should I live for Christ? And we might say, we can all say, that we fail many times, don't we? We fail many times to live the life that God has called us to live in Scripture. I mean, uh, he's given us his word. And by the way, this, this, these books, these letters, the epistles, whatever you want to call them, that the Apostle Paul, Peter, James, Jude, that they wrote to the churches. They were, wrote, they were written, I should say, to Christians, uh, to Christians, to us, to tell us how to live the Christian life. Uh, these are not really evangelistic in nature. I mean, you read the book of John. John is continually calling you to believe and, and all of that. But uh, these letters were written to Christians to tell them how to live for God. And that's what this passage does. It answers the question, how should I live for God? How should I live for him? And you know, you think about now that he's given his all for me, how can I give my all for him? Amen? Think about that. You know, we could say another way, what is our response to the great and wonderful salvation that Christ has given us? What is our response to that? Well, our response should be to honor him and glorify him by the way we live, by the things that we do. Amen? Uh, we are called to a life that is, I mean, it is a wonderful Life, abundant, Jesus described it. Uh, you know, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It's a full life. It's described in the, even in the book of Colossians here. It is a faith-filled life, a spirit-filled life, a joy-filled life. Christians ought to be the most joyful people on the face of the earth. Amen? We ought to be full of joy because what, of what Christ has done in our life. We ought to be full of joy. And, you know, and we ought to be committed to what he has called us to do. And, you know, our life should be flourishing for Christ. It should be. Um, so, you know, we think about that new life that he has put in us. You know, uh, another way to look at it is how, and this passage brings out, how can we continually put off the old and put on the new? How can, be, how can we be renewed each and every day uh, in the things of God? and uh, live the life he's called us to live. You know, as we look at this passage today, I want to kind of come in from the back door, if you will, all right? Uh, and, and the reason I say that is what I want to do is kind of look at uh, not just telling you how to live for Christ, but I want I want us to think about some obstacles that we have to living the Christian life, of living the full life of God that he has for us to live. I want, I want us to think about what hinders us. I want us to think about some obstacles that are in the way of us living for God and living the kind of life that he wants us to live. And, you know, before we start, I'm, I, you know, I must say that, uh, you know, the first thing we need to look at is that, you know, it, uh, as I said, this is addressed to Christians, but the first thing we need to look at is that, you know, are you saved? Have you given your life to Christ? Uh, have you believed in him? Have you been born again by the Spirit of God? 
Have you believed in what Jesus did on the cross that it is full payment for your sin? Have you appropriated that into your life? You know, are you saved? Have you given your life to Christ? That is a question that you only can answer between you and God. Um, but you know, if we're going to talk about how to live the Christian life, we need to be one. Amen? And you know, uh, he gave all so that we could have life, this life that we're talking about. And so today, uh, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I invite you to do that today. Uh, give your life to him. Realize that you're a sinner. Come to him confessing your sin and repent of your sin. Believe in him. Believe that what he did on the cross is full payment for your sin. And Lord, I want to be saved. And you know, and you can pray a prayer like, you know, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. Every sinner needs a savior. Amen. And so, you know, you can pray to God and ask him to save your soul today. And I pray that God will reveal your, your lostness, your sinfulness to you today if you've never given your life to Christ. I pray that he'll reveal that to you and you'll understand that you are lost and in need of a Savior. Look, all of us Christians were there once, amen? Every last one of us, we were there once. We were lost, living in darkness. But God called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light, amen? And so I pray that that happens in your life today if you've never trusted Christ. But assuming you're a Christian, and I won't assume anything because I always get in trouble when I assume, but, uh, you know, being a Christian, some of the, what are some of the obstacles that get in the way of us living uh, for God? I think the first, first uh, obstacle is apathy. Apathy. And what does that mean? That's just... You're unconcerned. You're uninterested or disinterested in the things of God. Amen? We get a new word here, okay? Don't careism. You have don't careism. <laughs> uh, you just, you know, you're unconcerned about the things of God. And you know, that's a sad place for a Christian to be, isn't it? Just kind of don't care. Uh, that's not a good place to be. Kind of a spiritual laziness. Uh, not not a good place to be at all. And um, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. And uh, a passage that's always just kind of uh, spoke to me, and I hope it will speak to you as well. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 11, 15. Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. <clears throat> and here's what Jesus said many times. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Pray that we have ears to hear. Amen? Right. Verse 16. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows, other children, and saying... We have piped unto, piped to you, but you have not danced. In other words, they played the music that some people should have danced to, but nobody's dancing. In other words, nobody is responding 
the way they should. They played the music to dance to, but nobody danced. And he also says, we have mourned. In other words, really, he's talking about singing a, like a funeral dirge, a, a funeral song. We have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. In other words, they sang a funeral song. You should have been sad. You should have been sorrowful. You should have mourned. You know, you should be mourning, but nobody responded. And that's that's what he's talking about there. And uh, that's always spoken to me because, you know, it's like, and, and what we see, I mean, we see it in our lives sometimes, in the lives of others. We see, you know, people should be responding to God, but it's like, just don't respond at all. Just no response to God's wonderful grace and mercy and love and all of that. No, no response whatsoever. And, you know, that, that should not be. That should not be taking place. Uh, apathy. Just unconcerned about the things of God. You know, God wants us to be concerned about things that concerns him. Amen? We should be concerned about things that concern him. And believe me, living the life that God has called us to live concerns God. He is concerned about it, and we should be too. Another obstacle is distraction. We are distracted by so many things. So many things we're distracted by. There's always something else that needs to be done. Amen? There's always something else that needs to be and, you know, we need to be thinking about. There's always something else that, that, that could take our mind away from the things of God. You know, in the parable of the sower, Jesus talked about uh, seeds that fell among thorns. You remember that? Uh, one of the seeds, there were four kind of seeds, but one of those fell among thorns. And he said, that represents those that uh, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches distracted them, okay? It took them away. It, it took them away. It distracted them from uh, living the life that God has called them to live. And that, isn't that true in our life so many times? The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, things we need to do. We're distracted by all kinds of things in our life, and, you know, and we don't have time for God. Right. And, you know, uh, you know, we get so distracted from the things of God that, you know, we don't even come to church. And that's going on everywhere. Wow. I mean, I understand this COVID thing. I really understand it. You know, people need to be careful. People, you know, it's, it's really hit the church. It really has. And, you know, but sometimes, you know, after things some, sometimes get better, it seems like we can go and do anything but come to church. <laughs> Anything, you know, we can go to Walmart, we can do this, we, you know, I need to go do this, and I need to go do that, and I, you know, there's all kinds of distractions that we have in our lives. Another distraction is we don't see the value of Christ in our lives. We don't see the value of it. Um, over in Matthew 13, since I'm still there, I'll just go ahead and read it for you. In, in Matthew 13, 44, <clears throat> it's a basically a chapter that Jesus is telling parable after parable. And one of the really short parables that he says there in, in Matthew 13, 44, 
he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth a field. You know, we don't understand or think about the value of Christ in our life. He is the greatest and the highest. He is the best thing that we can have in our life. He's the best thought that we can have in our life is Jesus Christ himself. Even in Colossians, he said, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He says, and in him, all the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. Okay? And in him, he says, you have been made complete, full. And this is the one that we need to see the value of, the beauty of Christ. As, as David said, the gaze upon your beauty. Um, such, a, such a wonderful thing Christ is in our life and, and what he has done in our life. And we should, uh, like the man who found the treasure, we should treasure that in our life. We should treasure Christ in our lives. And we must do that. Another distraction is that there's no purpose, there's no vision, uh, you know. Uh, it's just uh, that it becomes a great obstacle if you, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know where you need to go, and you have no vision of that, then we're not going to go anywhere, are we? <laughs> you know? We need, we need purpose in our life. We need vision. And Christians have that. Amen? We have that. We are fulfilling the purposes of God. And, you know, we need to understand that as Christians, we have that. We have that. We have more purpose than anyone. And, and that's why people walk around today with no hope. I mean, they're, they're, there's no purpose in their life. They, they're not, they don't know where they're going. They don't. They don't know what to do. I mean, why am I here, you know? Why am I here? But as a Christian, we understand completely why we're here, and we understand what we're supposed to be doing, you know? But those that are lost, they're, they're, just, they're just walking around in darkness. They're, you know, they're groping in darkness. And, you know, but we're not like that. Uh, the Apostle Paul said over in Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, he says, uh, <clears throat> he said, look, I was one of the greatest Jews there were. That's basically what he's saying here. <laughs> he says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the, in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Amen? Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. In other words, everything pales in value compared to Christ. Amen? And you know, we even talked in one of the sermons we looked at in Colossians, in, in, in Colossians chapter 1, as the that Christ is preeminent. He's preeminent in the creation. He's preeminent in the church. He's preeminent in in uh, in in uh, salvation and redemption. 
He is to be preeminent in our lives as well. Amen? He said, I, I count all of them but dung that I may win Christ. In other words, that I may have Christ in my life. I count all of that stuff in my life, all of that status, all of that power that I had before, I count it as manure, is what he's saying, that I may gain Christ, that I may gain Christ. And he said in verse 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him. You know, he's this. look at this striving in Paul's life. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that which I, I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count my, not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul had purpose and vision in his life. Amen. He knew where he was going. He knew what he was to do. And we should too. Amen. We should too. So what is the answer to that? So we kind of come in the back door looking at that. What is the answer to this? And the, and the answer is seeking Christ. Seeking Christ with all of our hearts. Seeking him. Uh, you know, to look back at our text, he says in verse 1, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitteth at the right hand of God. Amen. We need to seek him above all things. Seek Amen. Christ in our lives. We need right. to seek him. Jeremiah 29, 13. If ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Amen. Isaiah 55, 6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Psalm 27, 4, one thing, there's another one thing, okay? One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 27, 8, same chapter, when thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face will I seek. In Psalm 42, 1 and 2, as a heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee. <clears throat> my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Or Psalm 63, 1 through 8, and this, this is a passage that, you know, a heart for God, a heart that is fully given over to God, a heart that is fully going after God. Amen? He says in Psalm 63, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. To see thy power and thy glory, so I, I have seen you in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. 
Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings, of the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Beautiful scriptures that talk about seeking God. He also says not only seek God, but set your affections on him. Set your affection on the things that concern Jesus Christ. Amen. Set your affections to set your mind on the things of God. Amen. And so, uh, you know, we need to turn toward God. Seek him with all of our heart. And set our minds, set our affections upon him. Let him be the, the, let Jesus be the love of your life. Amen? Let him be the love of your life. You know, some people are, I don't want to talk about God like that. Yes, let him be the love of your life. Let him be the dearest and sweetest thing to you, Christ himself. And seek him with all your heart and set your affections, your heart upon him in everything you do. Uh, that is so much what we need to do. And, uh, you know, we need to seek Christ. We need to seek him. You know, another, another obstacle is this. Here's another obstacle. We don't know who we are in Christ sometimes, or we forget who we are in Christ sometimes. He tells us in our passage, if you go back to our text, he tells us, uh, or ye are dead. You're dead, Okay. <laughs> In other words, he's saying, you, you have died to the old life, and now your life is hid with Christ and God. Yeah. Amen? You have died to the old life. That's kind of the language from Romans 6 where he tells us, you know, uh, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin so that, so that grace may increase? No, he says, absolutely not. He said, don't you know that those of us have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? When Christ died, we died. Amen? You know, what he's talking about in Romans 6, that we, we are identified with Christ. When he died, we died. We die to him. When we give our lives to him, we die to our old life. And, and, and it also says in Romans 6 that we're raised to walk in newness of life. And that's what we do. You know, our life is now hid with Christ and God. What does that mean? Well, that means that we live in a new realm. We live in a new sphere. We don't live where we used to live. We are not who we used to be. Amen? We are not who we used to be. Therefore, we need to live like it. And that's what he's saying. We need to live like it. And so that, that's how to overcome that obstacle. You know, know who you are in Christ. Know that, you know, uh, that our lives are hid in him and nothing can touch us unless it comes through Christ. Amen? Anything that comes to us must come through Christ to get to us. Everything. And so, you know, our life is hid with him. And uh, that is such a special thing to think about. He's, because he says here in our passage, he said, when Christ, who is our life, he's our life. That's who we are in Christ. He's our life. What are other obstacles? He goes on to think about other obstacles to living the full Christian life. 
And let me tell you what it is. It's real short. Sin. <laughs> you know, we talk about it a lot. You know, I've talked about sin. You know, people say, well, what's, why is this going on in the world? And why is all this evil and wicked? And, you know, why is, that, why is this happening? And why is that happening? I said, well, I'm going to give you the short answer. The short answer is sin. S-I-N. That's the short answer. I mean, there may be a longer answer that we could talk about, but the short answer is sin. And he goes on to talk about in this passage, he says in verse 5, if you have your Bibles open still, he says, mortify. What does mortify mean? That speaks of death, doesn't it? Put to death. Kill sin. Put sin to death, he's saying. Mortify, therefore, the members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and a covetousness, which is idolatry. Most of these are sexual sins. And you know, before we get caught up in that, I want to I want to say, and I always like to have this disclaimer up front, okay? Is that there's nothing wrong with sex in marriage, okay? In marriage. Because that's the way God designed it. That's the way God designed it. Sex in marriage is is uh, it's God's idea. <laughs> Amen. He made us. And he made us like we are. And he made sex pleasurable. Amen? And so, therefore, uh, there's nothing wrong with sex, per se, done God's way. Amen? Within marriage. And, uh, but the problem we have is we, we pervert it. We turn it around into something else. We make it something ugly and dirty. And uh, so he talks about fornication, uh, porneia. <clears throat> And uh, that sexual sin, you know, that would include sex outside of marriage. That would include adultery, homosexuality, and all this transgenderism and all of this stuff going on today. Lord, help us. Amen. Lord, help us. All that's going on today, uh, and, you know, sexually sat saturated society and sexually insane society <laughs> that we live in, you know, uh, it's just, it's... Um, it's not good. He talks about uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence. Concupiscence is literally desire. It's an evil desire. It's like lust, okay? And that's what he's talking about there. So, you know, some of the things we could think about is pornography, you know? And that's a really, that's a really, um, that's a really sin that can get a hold of people. And let me tell you why it get a hold of people. is because it can be secret, okay? You know? I could even stand up here and preach. It'd be hard to do. But anyway, and be involved in pornography. You can act like the greatest Christian in the world and you can be involved in pornography because it's a secret sin. It's something you can do alone, you can by yourself, away from everybody else. And you know, you have your own little world, you have your own little sexual world. That's not good. It's not good at all. It destroys lives. It destroys marriages. Destroys families. It's not good. It's not good at all. And so we need to be very careful of that. And you know, just uh, just uh, evil evil thoughts, lust, lusting after things that we should not lust after. Those kind of things can destroy our lives. And this is not what God has called us to at all. Not only that, He talks later about sins of the sins of anger. And sins of the tongue. And look, if you will, <clears throat> he talks about, in verse 8, 
But now ye also put off, put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. And lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. So he talks about sins of anger. And, you know, James tells us in James chapter 1 that, that, that the wrath of man does not, basically, does not achieve the righteousness of God. Okay? You can't, you can't fulfill the righteousness of God in your anger. Now, we all get angry, but we don't need to stay there. Amen? We don't need to stay there. And then James also talks about sin of the tongue. He said it, it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. He described it like a fire. Set on fire by hell. And he said, well, in, in, in the, you know, with the same mouth, we bless God and curse others. He said, these things ought not to be so. You know, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. And so we need to be very careful of that. And uh, these are the things that, you know, uh, hinder our Christian life when we get involved in it. These, these things hinder our Christian life. So what's the answer to this? all these sexual sins, the sins of anger, sins of the tongue, and lying, and all of that? What's the answer? You put off the old and put on the new. Be renewed in the things of God, he says. Through the power of Christ dwelling in you. Think about this for a minute, and we forget it sometimes. Christ lives in us, right? Amen? Christ lives in us. And Christ has all power. We don't, but he does. And so we need to appropriate the power of Christ in our life and put off the old and put on the new to live for him. Put off sexual sins. Put off sins of anger. Put off sins of the tongue. And he goes on to say in this passage, this is what we need to put on. We need to put off all those sinful things, but this is what we need to put on. He says, mercy Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering or patience, bear with one another, forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. And he says, above all, put on charity. But that, that word charity is, is misleading a little bit because it's, it's literally the Greek word, akapeo. It, it's the Greek word agape. It's, it's, uh, it's the God kind of love. It is love. Put on love, which brings it all together, he's saying. Put on love, which brings it all together. And, uh, you know, this is so important. You know, there have been, there have been so much, you know, um, sin that have tried to destroy the church. And a lot of those have been sins of anger and sins of the tongue. I've tried to destroy the church. And it succeeded in many in many areas, uh, in many places, it has succeeded. And uh, it's a shame what's gone on and what's happened and what it's done to the church. It is a shame what has happened. And so think about in your life, in your life, and in your church life also, put off all these things, all the sexual sins, all, put off all the sins of anger, put off all the sins of the tongue, and put on these things, mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, 
long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. Look, we might get mad at one another, but we don't have to stay there. Amen? Might not agree. You know, I'm not always going to agree with you, and I may tell you so. But, you know, uh, we don't have to stay mad at one another. We can forgive each other, and we can move on. And uh, so we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay there. And then let, let me talk about the last obstacle here, and we'll move on and, and close. The last obstacle is, <laughs> and it's pretty general, anything and everything that keeps you from a peace-filled, thankful, word-saturated, joyful, corporate worship. I always try to tell people it's so important what we do here. And sometimes, you know, it, I don't know, somehow it's become unimportant. Church has become unimportant. But it's so important what we do here. Everything we do here. And, you know, and we need to think about, you know, what Christ would have us to do, not only in our personal lives, but in this church. What would he have us to do? You know? And 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 this this kind of I'm gonna just say it, it's kind of falling away. And people not coming and people unconcerned, all of the obstacles we talked about, all of this going on, it's not good. It's not good at all. And, and it's like we're kind of going away from what we should be going toward. Amen? We should be going toward the fulfilling the purposes of God in this world. And Christ chose the church to do that. Okay? He chose the church to do that. And if we're just kind of drifting away, we're not fulfilling that. And, and, of course, we can't make people do things. We can't make people change. But, you know, we can be an example, and we can be committed, and we can, we can be involved in fulfilling the purpose of God in our lives as much as possible in, in this church as well. You know, and and it will be a it will be an influence to others. It will it will change others' attitude about things. <clears throat> but the body gathered for worship is a wonderful thing. The body of Christ gathered for worship is a wonderful thing. And uh, you know, I hate I I hate to see it fall on hard times. It has already fell on hard times, and then COVID came along. Amen. It had already fell on hard times. Let me tell you something. Worship is so, so important. Worship is so important. True worship changes us. True worship comforts us. True worship fills us with God's peace. And uh, true worship feeds us with the bread of life, his word. Amen. True worship makes us rejoice over our relationships with Christ and with each other. Amen? True worship makes us sing. Amen? Christians ought to have a song in their heart. Amen? All the time, they ought to have a song in their heart. Hey, we may not be very good at singing it, but we ought to have a song in our heart. Amen? Amen. And true worship... Leads us to do all that we can do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the things that are right out of the text here. Uh, worship is so, so important. 
And uh, you know, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna live for Christ, then we you know we need to meet Him together with one another. We need to meet Him every every week, and we need to be here and uh, you know be a part of the Church of Christ. Uh, that's so important that we do that. And you know, as we think about this passage today. You know, I want to think. I want you to think about your, you know, your relationship with the Lord, and I want you to think about your relationship with the church, with each other. Uh, I want you to think about these things because, you know, we we have been called to a life that sometimes we are not living. Okay, we have been called to a life that many times we are not living. We're not living it out, and so heed the call. Obey the scriptures. Look what Christ would have us to do. Overcome the obstacles that we have in our way that keeps us from being all that God wants us to be. And y'all don't worry about them babies crying. Them babies are in the right place. Amen. Amen. They're in the right place. So uh, I'm going to ask Chase if he'll come and uh, play us a little song here and if you will we'll stand and we'll close our eyes and bow our heads and think about our relationship with the Lord and think about uh, what God would have us to do how he would have us to live and uh, pray that God will change our attitude change our hearts that we'll seek him with all of our hearts in everything that we do Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time together. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray that you speak to every heart. And Father, if there's a decision needs to be made today, Lord, help people to do it. Lord, just help people to come to you and give their lives to you, Father. I pray for those that we talked about earlier that uh, uh, they have not, they've never given their life to you, Father. I pray that you would help them today to give their lives to you. And Lord, I pray that they be saved. And I pray that we as a church, Lord, will see what the Scripture has said to us today. God, that we will obey and follow. Lord, I pray that people will need to come and pray, that they'll come and pray. Pray for themselves. Pray for others that need to come and be a part of this church. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every heart. God, that you would help every person to do what you called them to do. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name.
Lord, watch over us and keep us safe as we can. And Lord, I pray that you'd just continue to work in our lives. Change our attitude about the way we live, Lord. Help us to live for you, Lord. In Christ's name. service tonight? Yep. Okay. Right. Yeah, I can. Ah, right, brother. Amen. Thank you. To God be the glory. We have a lot of obstacles in front of us. You sure do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you'd want to, but you can hang me in that bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Brother Rob. Hey, man, appreciate it. I sure enjoyed that music this morning. Man, you got a gift from God, buddy. A gift from God. I know you're proud of that boy. You can play the mandolin? No. No? I have a. I got oh, you got it. You got to master the piano, and then you're gonna well, move yeah. to those, huh? <laughs> I gotta get good. Yeah. You can play one at a time. That's right. It's funny. He never did that. Well, let mama and the truck sit at me and told me why all this up, man. Okay. 
I love bluegrass. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never actually seen them in person, but I've heard them. And uh, yeah. We've had them here three or four times. Uh, either here or out there on that stage, and we had food and stuff. Yeah. They're great. They know us. Uh, we know them. Yeah. They have, they have a farm, and I think every year they have a, a little thing at their farm. Yeah. So, yeah. They're good. Yeah, they are. They, they are. Yeah, I enjoy that kind of music. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like, uh, of course, it's not spiritual, but uh, Allison Krauss and Union Station. Mm. I always like them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I like their music anyway. Yeah. I heard um, I was there when it happened by Johnny Cash, and that opened up that whole world of country music. So, yeah. Like Peace in the Valley and all that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, music is coming up. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a gift. I listen yeah. to it too much. Everywhere <laughs> I go, bus, all the way. No, that's good. That's a good thing. I wish oh. I wish I could sing, but oh, I, I give it a shot every now and then. Yeah. Bye, Cor. See y'all later. God bless you, bud. Thank you. Bye, buddy. He mentioned him to pray. He he asked him to pray for the offering. Yeah, I know that. That helped me remember his name. Hmm? No, I think he's married, buddy. He's sitting back there on the back row with a lady. <laughs> you, you looking, huh, buddy? <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about it. Oh, no. Christians, right? True, true. You could be faithful of us, but yeah. it's good. Well, yeah. I think she wants a Christian, huh? Definitely, huh? What'd she say? 